Thank you very much for joining me. Um, we are on another episode of the Everyday Hero Show, where I interview someone in your life or someone in my life that makes us smile but does not get the credit that they deserve. My name is Swartik Mayanja, and this is the Mayanja Accredited News Network. Um, thank you so much, Nadia, for joining me on the show. I do appreciate it. There is no justice when so few have so much and so many have so little. Uh, so Nadia, you are um, a Harvard, you, you're at Harvard right now. The founder and executive director of Period. You are a co-founder of Millennials in Action and you are currently running for uh, council, city council here in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh my God, that's quite a bit. And you are only 19 years old. Yeah, that's, holy, that's all correct. Holy, yeah. holy cow. That's quite, quite the feat. Good for you. Thank um, you. I do appreciate you being here. So uh, let's just start oh from God. the beginning. Just tell me real brief what the come up story is. For period? No, no, no. For you. You. Where are you from? Okay, so yes. I'm, Who are you? I'm originally from New York City, so yes. I was born and raised in New York City. Um, I moved out to Portland, Oregon when I was about nine, mm -hmm. um, when my parents got divorced, and I grew up there for a while, and then moved to Cambridge, Massachusetts for college. You moved, so, so I'm very recent to Cambridge, which is one of the things that, you know, it is going to be a struggle with um, the election and our campaign, but, you know, what my team brings forward is a very contemporary um, and also complementary perspective Definitely. to city council uh, with youth voice. and. Um, if anything, it gives us kind of this unique perspective, especially since we're in a town that embraces diversity as a welcoming hub for people from all over the world who come here to learn, to innovate, to set new precedents, exactly. to start new beginnings. Exactly. So if there's any place that we can run as people who are excited to make a difference in their community and make a local impact, it's Cambridge. And I think that's why people love Cambridge and why we're, we're sitting here at one of the most well-endowed institutions that could be doing a lot more for the community. Oh, and that's really something we're pushing forward. And this overall movement's message that you can make a difference and you should be making a difference wherever you are, whoever you are, and with whatever you have. Oh, wow. My goodness. Well, yeah. welcome to Cambridge. Good for you. Oh, I love that. Yes, I mean, I've lived here for, what, 15, 16 years, and it's probably the nicest someone has talked about Cambridge since I've been here. Um, it is quite the place. Uh, I think I just, me and many Bostonians, people from Massachusetts, definitely do take this town, the city, yeah. for granted. But it's quite the place and it's absolutely, no, absolutely. amazing. And I think it's that's, a, it's gonna be a big part of us is saying, because you know, you can look at us and you can see that, you know, we're a bunch of 19 year olds, yes. I'm 19. Uh, you might say I'm too young. And one of the things we're pushing forward is instead of, it's kind of like breaking down that ageism and saying that like young is not a word that should define my capability and my mm. experience and my devotion to what we're trying to do as well. So you've done quite a bit before um, starting at, uh, doing this campaign, running for um, council in mm -hmm. Cambridge. So I do want to start with some of that stuff. So let's talk about Period. What is it and why did you start it? Yeah, so Period, we are a youth-run global organization that provides and celebrates menstrual hygiene mm. through advocacy, education, and service uh, through two pathways. One, through the global distribution of menstrual products, and two, through the engagement of youth leadership through a nationwide network of campus chapters. Wow. So um, I founded it in 2014 with a really good friend of mine um, who just had complementary skills to everything. So this, I, I'm sorry, this was when you were in high school? When I was 16, yes. My God. 
So um, in the last two okay. years, we've addressed about 78,000 periods through 46 nonprofit partners in 25 states and 15 countries. And we've registered over 67 campus chapters at universities and high schools around the United States. Um, and I started it from a very personal place of passion for me because um, I came into contact with this kind of unaddressed natural need of menstrual hygiene mm. when my family experienced what it was like to live without a home of our own when I was a freshman. So freshman in high school, in high school, because okay. I'm a freshman in college now. Oh, so um, right. I, yes. <laughs> my family experienced what it was like to live without a home of our own, and it was a time when I think I was thinking very, in a very pessimistic way. I was struggling with self harm and depression, and just thinking that like my lack that. of privilege was due to something that I couldn't contribute. You know that I wasn't doing enough. That maybe um, I wasn't feeling great about my self worth mm. or my capacity or my potential to make an impact or do something in this world or be remembered for more than you know what my body could offer something yes. like that um, I really struggled with that and um, I think as a pessimistic teenager I was looking around me at a very exclusive private school I was attending on scholarship and seeing that my friends didn't have to worry about you know affording food or affording basic things that they need um, and meanwhile like most of my friends had like multiple houses or like planes or something and then meanwhile I was hiding She's the fact that like I was I was taking public transportation over two hours to get to school each day I'm constantly worried about you know what would happen if my family did end up on the street like that kind of thing um, so it's just a very interesting time when I was constantly thinking about privilege as a spectrum and I really come back to this belief that if we think about privilege as a spectrum on we can never say we are the most privileged or we are the most unprivileged because that's the, like, the pessimistic side of looking at it mm. but you see the blessings and privileges that you have so even in that moment when my family was going through really rough things I was interacting with homeless women on my way to school on a daily basis who I saw regularly who were in much worse living situations than I was and made me realize how privileged I was so realize how much of a privilege it was to have educational opportunities to have my family to have my friends um, and see that I have that support and really try to figure out how I can reconcile that privilege by doing something bigger so that's as soon as my family got our house back I started the organization and we just grew exponentially the first weekend we were distributing 20 a week now we're at 3,000 a month um, we have a youth executive team of about 12 people we're hiring on a full-time staff and opening up headquarters in May um, so we're gonna officially have our headquarter offices we're actually hiring a Harvard senior Congratulations. Um, who's our Harvard chapter here president here and she's going to come work for us for a year um, and so just uh, how how do you guys go about um, distributing this yeah so we natural... have our distribution director is a high school um, a high school junior mm -hmm. um, guy and he spends his Saturdays coordinating our warehouses all the inventory we have two warehouses in Portland um, that are filled we're actually like looking for more warehouse space because we ran out of space to store menstrual products um, and we basically have care packaging events that our event coordinators or our chapters put on and we distribute those care packages wherever they're needed um, and we have um, nonprofit partners that um, depend on our services to be uh, making sure that their stocks of menstrual products to distribute are constantly up to date um, and also included in that we work a lot with uh, menstrual cup companies and companies that make reusable pads to try to move to, towards a more sustainable rate of addressing menstrual hygiene as well. Yeah, um, it's smart. It's good that you said the reusable ones because I did when I was watching your, um, like your intro, your description of what period was. When homeless people can't afford menstrual products, they resort to using unclean methods like toilet paper, socks, rags, or brown paper bags. And these things can lead to dangerous infections or toxic shock syndrome. That's when I knew I had to do something. In 2014, I founded Period. We are a youth-run nonprofit celebrating menstruation through service, education, and advocacy. You yeah. did mention that there's a tax on women's um, yeah. products, which 
There's a, yeah, in 37 states here in the U.S., there's a sales tax on menstrual products because they're considered a, basically a luxury item because they're not listed under necessities. But it's interesting because that sales tax doesn't apply to things like Viagra and Rogaine. So it's kind of, you know, seeing uh, menstrual hygiene as a, as a uh, luxury, but like erections and hair growth isn't. So it's just this very, um, something we're trying to fight. And we're actually about to launch our policy program that's a comprehensive toolkit with everything from communication materials to drafted legislation to yeah. work towards menstrual equity. Um, so yeah, and I think everything I've done with period and my experiences on a personal level have really led to why I'm running for city council, you know? Because I, I've been through these experiences that push me to be very committed to public service um, and seeing that young people can't make a difference because period was all grown by a bunch of 16-year-olds meeting at coffee shops on weekends. It's truly impressive. I mean, it's just, that's that, it's, it takes a lot. It yeah, does take I mean, a lot to a lot set work, all of that stuff up. I think when you believe in something so strongly, it doesn't feel like work and that's kind of been my experience um, like it's just kind of a thing where you know I set timers for myself so to stop working because I realized that if I love it and I realize that one more email can make a bigger difference I can just sit there for hours and um, it's something like learning how to take time and balance and take care of myself is something I'm still I'm very much learning so with woman empowerment with this whole process um, you, you're, you're a young lady you're running for office you started you, you founded your own charity it's kind of amazing um, it's been a crazy year with just um, um, you know sexism woman equality gender equality uh, we've had Hillary Clinton she just ran she lost to Donald Trump. We had uh, the March on the Women's March on Washington, which was absolutely amazing. We had the Day Without Women, um, and then uh, on the flip side, we have Trump. He's, he's our president. He says very disparaging things about women uh, on a constant basis. He has a history of record of saying things like that. Um, you, you know, we just had a couple of days ago. Google was just accused of paying their female employees um, systematically um, lower wages than they were paying their male employees how do you like how do you push through all this bullshit like I feel like every time we take one step forward with yeah. gender equality we go 10 steps back yeah. like what do you do and how do you get through all of this yeah absolutely well you know the presidential election this past year was really emotionally emotionally triggering yes, because definitely. as a young woman least. person of color who has experienced poverty and domestic abuse and sexual assault. Um, he, we elected a man who, who kind of targets all of those things, and I. It was just so emotionally taxing, and for me, it was just. I, I remember the night of the election. I just felt drained. Um, and it was long, and it was, it was tough. Long, oh it was God. tough. It was something where you tried to hold out hope until the very last minute, and then you saw you know, Pennsylvania come in and everything else. Oh, and it was just like so difficult. But at the same time, it also lit, a, relit a fire within me that I have not burned out and has only grown stronger with each day. Congrats. And with each piece of news that comes out that makes me more angry, the more motivated I become. And, and, and like, it's true because like I, not to say that it, like if yeah. Hillary Clinton were to be president, all of this you know gathering community and fighting um, for a better tomorrow wouldn't happen. It's just yeah. I feel like because um, we have such a radical president um, yeah. to the right, um, people are coming together uh, in droves, and it's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, before we get to um, you um, running for um, city council, I do want to touch on a little bit about the millennials in action. Yeah, so what? I was actually going to get to that. Oh, beautiful! Yeah. So talk. So Let's talk about that. In action 
election stemmed from something that I started the night of the election. So oh, wow. Okay. Donald Trump is elected. Yes. Um, I was sitting in the freshman dining hall over there watching with my friends. And oh, no. I, I was just like in tears around my friends, you know, one of whom is gay and walked out thinking like you know half of America hates who I am um, and I w was sitting around friends LGBTQ friends Muslim friends undocumented immigrant friends um, who just like this was so personal for them right it and really is. there were so many emotions in the room um, uh, you know the few Trump supporters I think felt really silenced by it because the majority of this campus is very liberal very. Um, and so there was just so much emotion in the room and I was noticing that people just seemed really pent up like they were kind of like penting up their emotions and so literally the election comes in I'm waiting for Trump to give his acceptance speech uh, I get on my computer and I just started thinking like what can I do now how can we get that emotional emotional um, reaction out yeah so I started this hashtag and just started messaging my friends saying send me your um, election reaction piece just like write down how you're feeling write down what you think send it to me I'm gonna post it on Huffington Post because I was a contributor there um, I later learned that I was not allowed to publish guest posts but I was very into <laughs> the idea at the time um, when Huffington Post emailed me and said stop doing this stop stop um, but <laughs> within two days we had over 300 submissions from students all over the country simply from social media outreach and I did it with my friend Scott um, and Josh um, and they're like two of my best friends here um, but we just started getting submissions from people all over we had never met before but people were just sharing this post that I had done that just said I want to publish your piece yeah. like send me what you're feeling that is I mean yeah. you, you sound like the most productive and most I mean, effective working was, person I know <laughs> like to go from literally I mean it took me like a couple of days to even come to terms with no, the I, I, I you know had I mean? those moments and like yeah. I, I like ha actually had an emotional outburst in class and had to like step out because I was just so I was so I was just so disappointed I yes think. and I think I also just felt like there's so much more I could be doing because you look at the numbers and you realize we could have won with more youth participation oh my goodness, yes. youth participation could have easily swayed the election results Which, so it's kind of that and then so Millennials in Action stemmed from this realization like a week and a half later that all this emotion was out there but like we're not doing anything Yeah, and it productive. died down. Yeah. Like, the emotion died down. You saw less and less posts. Things were dying down. And we were saying, oh my gosh, like, this is still happening. It's not that Trump wasn't just elected. It was the fact that, like, this is still going exactly. on. It's only going to be further. So, um... I with that Friday I remember I was sitting in a room with um, my good friend Reed who was like legislative director of the Harvard Democrats and mm. we were trying to think of how do we get young people in action so we started Millennials in Action which is now a media platform at millennialsinaction.org yes. um, that has like tons of election reaction stories we have regular contributors from all over the country who are young people telling their stories their reactions to um, what's happening in politics or just their thoughts or their ideas um, and the whole idea is to spark post-partisan discourse okay. so spark these conversations that's beyond party lines and beyond you know personal things but understanding different points of views and how we can get there and the the thing that's unique to us is that at each at the end of each piece there's a link and we work with the writer to figure out how can we get people to take action so if someone writes a story about immigration yes there's a link that, the about how you take action to with an organization or with a cause or with a campaign um, so you read one you get inspired and then there's a direct link to take action and that's and, where we are and I love that you guys have that because I think um, uh, 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 one of the stereotypes people have about millennials is that we're just not 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 educated but they think that we're not informed about politics yeah. and all that stuff i feel like we are super super informed we just don't do anything about it well so, so that's, that's what we're great yeah. like i think exactly. what you're doing is absolutely and amazing. i would say we're actually changing the name to e pluribus mm -hmm. um because we realize we're not actually technically millennials 
like I'm not a millennial because I'm too young. I'm actually Gen Z. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, really? So, um, okay. You know, well, Gen I'm a millennial. Z, Gen I Z and millennials it. are actually the generations that are for the first time thinking about how can I make an impact on the world? Like, what is my legacy? Yes. Right. And that's that's very unique. Important. And so while you can say that millennials are kind of lazy or not doing anything, we are ones who are thinking about like what is my legacy that I can leave here on this planet, right? Like and an so, actual difference. Yeah, we're we're thinking about how we make a difference, and so. We're changing the name to E Pluribus because E Pluribus Unum is kind of like the slogan for the United States. Yes. But this idea of like we are one of many very different voices, of course. and we say a post-partisan platform because we want it. No matter what your political views are, at this point especially, it's important to have conversations that are constructive to all of us. Mm. You know, so how can we work together on that line? Um, and it's just been fascinating. Like we just brought on. Um, we actually specifically sought out people on campus who are Republican, who are how hard very was that? Conservative. <laughs> it was actually pretty hard, but like. Of they, but they were so interested in it because, you know, there's this lack of space to yes. have discussions yes. where we're not judging each other. We're simply trying to talk about the issues and talk about how to take action together. So, um, so this, that's perfect. It leads yeah. into, so, you know, you want to take action. And you're yeah. doing the biggest, the most, like, profound form of action you possibly can. You're running for office here in Cambridge. Um, so where you, your say, your decisions actually make a difference for not just you and your group of friends, but makes a difference for everyone here in Cambridge, which is... Um, it's, it's quite the responsibility. Yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting. So I actually got the idea from working with Millennials in Action because mm. we started meeting with experts in the field of media and politics and uh, working with, you know, like talking to journalists, talking to politicians and asking what can youth do now, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it came down to two things. They each gave us two things. Young people need to vote and run for office. Vote and run for office. And so we said, okay, we'll try to get people, young people to vote and run for office. So as I started going uh, more on like speaking tour and speaking around, I started meeting with young people and saying, you should run for office. Like, go <laughs> for office and I kept getting this answer of like why would I run if I would just lose and there was just kind of like this lack of hope around running yes. for office and you know it's a lot of pressure and um, finally someone putting yourself yeah. out there quite a bit yeah and then at the same time I was also like meeting with um, some city councilors here already and learning more about Cambridge and learning about this crazy wealth gap where like over 50% of the Cambridge school public school students are at or below the poverty line but the median market price of a single family home is 1.25 million dollars and above that's insane so like crazy insane. amount of wealth gap um, and just like seeing that there's so much more opportunity for university Holy relations. Shit. Wait, is that yeah, true? That's completely true. And it's, oh my it's so God. angering. And and I was just seeing like there's this cool, there's just crazy gentrification that's happening that I think could be stopped. And yes. you know, coming from Portland, where it's like a very environmentally friendly city, and but also the whitest city in the in the United States, like really loving the diversity of this place and loving this idea of like we have the potential to be such an amazing city that other cities strive to be. And as a Cambridge in Cambridge, we have also the opportunity to use the innovative spirit around the community here to do something bigger and we're a college town so like Definitely. you know over 30% of the over 18 population is enrolled in a university exactly. so a university student and a young person should have a say in that and you know really came down to this idea of like Politics is just a game to push forward your ideas and offered solutions um, to better the future. Yes. And you want to make a long-lasting impact as a politician. So don't you think that the future leaders of our world should have a say in that and a seat at the table in that conversation? Do you, so what are you studying at Harvard? Like, uh, is, Government is this, and uh, women in, in gender studies. Awesome. So, likely, so do, yeah. do you see yourself doing going bigger, going from city council to being mayor, to being you yeah. know representative? Well, is that something yeah. you look forward to? You know, I, I really, I've think, thought about this a lot. And I the way I think about it is, I'm not going to say 
my goal is to be senator, right? Mm. I'm not striving for the title. I think it's like you need to think about it in like I'm striving to make a difference. And if I didn't Ooh, think I could, I if I didn't think I could offer anything new to Cambridge and I couldn't offer a solution, then I wouldn't be running. I'm running because I think I do have something unique to offer, and I do think that this is this is this is about Cambridge, but at the same time, part of a larger movement. So what I was gonna say before is that the reason I am running is because someone one day said. I was complaining to them about all the issues and ideas I had around Cambridge. <laughs> and they said, okay, why don't you run? And I said, well, I'm too young. And I realized that I was being a total hypocrite and exactly. kind of came to this terms of like, if I'm going to live my truth, speak my truth on this idea that I hold really deep to my heart, that I do think young people can do it, I do think young people deserve it, then I should also live it. And so the next day I, I put in my papers. That's for you. So yeah, and I just started talking to my friends about it. And I think it's, it's just... Well, zero to a hundred real exciting. quick. Yeah, so it's just really exciting and... Okay, yeah, so um, so what, so what do you consider yourself? Liberal, progressive, Republican, libertarian? What, what's your title? Do you have oh, a title? I'm liberal and progressive. You're liberal, progressive. <laughs> yeah. You're far, far to the yeah, left. Yeah, I'm pretty far left. Good for you. Do you have any influences? Any political hero? Someone you strive to be like? Um. So uh, this past year at the at the Democratic National Convention, I was able to work with Wendy Davis. Um, she was a former state senator of Texas, and I really look up to her for her like resilience, her story of you know experiencing poverty and moving up through education. Um, so I and she was like a huge advocate for reproductive rights and was mm. a surrogate for Hillary Clinton. Yes. So I really look look up to her. I really look up to Barack Obama um, in his like ability to collaborate and work with others and. Um, just an amazing listener too and then um, I would also say Joe Biden is another person because he started his oh, career Uncle at a really Joe. young age. I love Joe. Yeah, he started, like he was elected to senator pretty young and so yes. I really look up to him um, and just stands really close by his values and so I think those are definitely people I look up to but of course like my biggest inspirations are like my two younger sisters and my mom That's and awesome. I hold them really dear to my heart as well. Yes, yeah, um, so I know you have to go and I do appreciate you being no here. No worries so, at all. Um, I, like is there, I had like a, like a, just a list of things that I want to talk to you specifically about what you fighting for what specifically Cambridge needs that you think you can offer yeah. right or you can speak for yeah. um, um, can you touch on two to three things at least that you really believe I, yeah. I went on your page and the thing that stood out the most to me was the $15 minimum wage which I honestly believe needs to be a standard throughout oh, the country absolutely. I, I absolutely love that movement um, uh, you workers you know low you can't be working full-time and be under below the poverty line so I love that you are for that but is there anything else or, or if you want to expand on that you could. yeah absolutely so um, I actually hold that issue very close to my heart because like I am I'm pretty financially independent. I'm actually like almost totally financially independent, and I still work about a total of six jobs, not wait, like part time all the time. But I work a lot. So like after this, I'm going to a yoga studio and I work minimum wage, like cleaning the yoga studio so I can afford classes and doing things like that. And then um, I'm work at the research institute here, doing research for musicology, musicology department. Um, and I do like some ghostwriting on the side when they need me. I work for the organization period professionally, yes. um, and you know I can't. You can't just work a minimum wage job. It has to be. You have you to work can't, it's impossible. It literally yeah, is impossible. It is. It is. And like even in the summers when I was trying to raise money to help support my family, I was working two jobs. I was working at a law firm, and then I would also work. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, you keep saying teacher. these things like it's nonchalant. You saying you need to support the family or I mean like it was whatever I could contribute you know okay. like well, I think it, right. it's a okay. team effort like okay. I, of course. I like it's never it's not just me it's not just my mom it's like both of us um, totally so we impressive. all work together and um, and I think that 
I do say it nonchalant just because it's like life. It you is know? Like, life, I don't but really my see God, it as like, like you, you're, you're like, could you compare to like the average student here at Harvard? Is it's day and night. Like I don't, you know, obviously I don't know every personal's, everyone's personal information, but just by the statistics, wealthy students well, by far. So well, like, that's like my, that's like my driving force, right? Yes. You know, like I've experienced what it's like to have to work that hard, which is why I feel so strongly to protecting workers' rights. Mm. Um, my family's gone through pretty adverse situations with housing stability, which is why affordable housing is like at the top Saw of our that. list for, for um, offering solutions to Cambridge, Massachusetts, or the fact that what got me here and the ability to make a difference is my education, mm -hmm. which is why education equity is also at the top, you know, or youth empowerment is important because I know, like I am confident in the fact that I can look at my life and say, I have made an impact, you know, and I think that seeing that confidence, seeing that I can do more is where I keep going. I truly appreciate this. Um, uh, so, lastly, I do this with all of my guests. I don't want to keep you here too long. Excuse the barking, dodge, <laughs> you guys. But um, so, um, who is? Because I call, consider this the everyday hero show, right? And I, I'm considering you an everyday hero. But like, legitimately, you have um, specifically with the period, you have helped and impacted human beings, other human beings' life at a mass scale. Um, do you personally have an everyday hero? My mom. Your mom. My mom. Oh, mama. Yeah. You did good. My oh, mom good and I are, we have like such a fun relationship because she had me when she was relatively young, her mm -hmm. first year in law school. Um, and so, like the power dynamic has never felt like mother-daughter and I don't know if she'll love me saying this like it's never felt like mother-daughter we've been more to our equal you know and she's felt like more like my friend she's like I call her almost every day what now what age did that equalness begin do you when think? I, I think when I was nine my mom oh, was nine was years old nine when my parents got divorced because okay, like suddenly okay. I had my role as a big sister became a bigger role yes um, but I think like she has just worked so hard and sacrificed so much to take care of my sisters and I and protect my sisters and I. How old um, are your sisters? 16 and 13. Okay. Um, and we were, we, we were so close. And they're back in Oregon. In Oregon, okay. yeah. And I'm just, my mom is like my biggest advisor, my like therapist, oh. my best friend. And, you know, we fight like crazy because I think because we have this irregular rule, I'm not afraid to talk back. And she's taught me, like, she's always like, if you disagree, say it, say it. What are you saying? You know? So she's like, a lawyer, right? Yeah, and the fact that like oh, she's really taught me to like stand up to people regardless of who they are if I'm close to my good values job, and Mom. I think that um, she's just worked incredibly hard. She's extremely well educated and has always prioritized making it so that we can crit think critically and prioritize like questioning what we think, you know, even with religion. Exactly. So like um, right now I'm kind of on this personal journey to figure out what my religion is. So actually every Sunday, <laughs> like this Sunday this morning, I like meet with my godmother and oh, wow, her husband that's and awesome. I like have brunch and talk about the Bible and I've just been trying to figure out like what my religion is because I have you, my have you like played a, a little bit with the Jewish culture yes, and, yes, oh yes, my yes, god so, like, you're awesome with a rabbi it's That's just like awesome. I want to learn more because I'm so curious as to like how, how do you find time for all of these million okay oh, okay I just do I'm what I love yeah. like I love everything I do I'm extremely involved in the dance community so I dance like 10 to 12 hours a week here and I sing I'm a cappella group and I just like I love everything I'm doing and I think that's something I learned because in high school I was committed to so many things I didn't I didn't always care about yeah and so here I'm making sure that the time I am having and the people I'm spending time with are people that I love um, that inspire me and um, you know I'm making sure to take time for myself because you know I have burned out before like in junior year I like passed out from exhaustion in the hospital Lord and you know I have like had to lose a lot of amazing relationships that have failed because I've 
been a workaholic or not devoted the attention that I think the other person deserves and I think I that was a big loss for me and so trying to prioritize taking care of myself and um, so I can be the best person I can be and impact others and love others to the best extent I can be that that's really important to me. Nadia um, you are like I, like I'm 23 I'm a, I got a few years on you you're 19 years old but I like I want to grow up to be like you. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> life goals like I'm talking about like big like life oh, goals it's you. It's, all, it's it's truly truly impressive. Um, just you. before we end, like if you could leave us with just one big, just the biggest advice you could give to millennials, to youth, to the younger generation, in making a difference in the world we live in, what would yeah. you? What would that yeah. be? So I say this whenever I'm asked this, and I'm gonna sound a little bit like a Nike ad, but for <laughs> me, it really is like just do it, like jump for it and Nike. do it because. And the reason I say that is because I think a lot of it is fear. And if we let fear inhibit anything, we wouldn't get anything done. That's the truth. You know? And I think it's like, don't listen to the haters and just like do it if you believe in it. If you think you have a good idea, like look for other people who have similar interests or similar passions and work together. Like you cannot do it alone too. Like I would not be able to do everything I'm doing if I didn't have an amazing team behind every initiative I'm doing, if I didn't have an amazing family, That's if I didn't right. have incredible That's friends. Right. You know, you cannot do it alone. And I am the first person to ask for help when I don't know how to do something. Good for you. So it's, it, and that's, that's, that's something I had to learn the hard way, you know? And yeah, because like, I, I do yeah. seem like, because you seem like super, super go-getter, and I know yeah. a lot of go-getters have that, I can do everything I by myself. I can do everything by myself, and then, you know, I think like, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to your project, like, ask for help because you can learn from others and you just go for it and like I'm also really honest about like my fears right so like I'm actually absolutely terrified about running for office like I'm excited but I'm terrified it. because when you think about it I'm putting everything I've done my experiences who I am exactly. how I present who oh, I love my story the, my authenticity on the table not to be respected but to be questioned everything everything everything, everything is questioned and and what's going to happen in November is that I could very easily take it personally and say everything I've done, my experiences, my skills, my capacity, it may be deemed inadequate for this position. I have to position. ask. My God. So did you go through your Twitter feed? Your Instagram makes everything look yeah, good? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, like I've dealt with hate mail before. I've de oh. dealt with the accounts. Like there's been Twitter accounts that are specifically meant to say mean things about me or send me mean messages. And at first it hurt me so bad where I would like literally be in my room, like crying, saying maybe this person is right that I'm not making an impact maybe I am like doing this for the wrong reasons and then you know you get out of bed you do it and you and you're next day and you say you know I did something today and what Good that person did was instead of best time and trying to hold me back and I think that when you come to terms with that and you surround yourself with people who respect you mm. and you surround with people who, who believe in what you're doing that's where that's where things get done um, Yo. You guys, this is some real, like, this is legit. This is legit. So, I'm, uh, if I lived in Cambridge, because how you have to be in the county, right? You have to be in the county to vote for you. Yeah, you have correct? to be, yeah. You. So, for all you Cambridge folks, I beg you, please, we need Nadia Thank in you. office. Like, this needs to happen. Um, so, let's let's end like this. Um, where can we find you, number one? Number two, where should people go to vote? Yes. So, um, we'll have a lot of information about how to vote if you're a Cambridge resident, but just visit w.votenadia.com for that. Um, my period organization is just period.org. Um, connect with me on social media at, at Nadia Okamoto. Um, 
or at Vote Nadia yes. if you want to find more information out. We'll definitely all, keep... All of this is yeah. going to be in the description below. Yes. You better click on everything. <laughs> Check you. her out. She's the shit. Like, yeah. I'm impressed. You, you you must be impressed. I know you're not doing it at 19. <laughs> um, uh, well, another thing I will say is that I, along with my campaign team, is 100% committed to responding to every single thing that gets sent to us. So whether it's negative, whether it's feedback, whether it's comments, we want to engage with you. So message us. We have a team of people and I will personally respond if you personally reach out to me. So please do that. Don't feel afraid. I'm like, I really want to be here to hear your ideas. You guys, that's so a fact because that's the only reason this is happening. I messaged her on Instagram and she messaged me back. That's the reason this is happening. <laughs> She's not making it up. It is legit. I really do want to connect legit. with you. It truly is. Uh, Nadia, best of luck. Thank um, you. I know if I love you, I'd vote for you. I'm definitely going to spread the word. Thank you, you are truly impressive and I appreciate this. Thank you so much. Of course. Have a good one. Thank you.